You're listening to The Leadership Pod, episode 54, How to Lead Virtually in 2021 and Beyond. Welcome to The Leadership Pod, the go-to podcast for ambitious emerging leaders. I'm Kara Ronan. I'm a leadership coach and best-selling video course creator for Business Etiquette 101, Social Skills for Success, and the Assertive Communication Skills Masterclass. I created this podcast to help you build your brand, visibility, and influence so you can unlock your leadership potential. Enjoy this episode. We are back for another episode of the Leadership Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in again. So today we're talking about a very timely topic, how to lead virtually in 2021 and also beyond. So this was a requested topic from one of my LinkedIn connections, and I haven't created any content around this issue. I have done an episode on work from home outfits and things like that, but I haven't actually helped you understand how you can lead virtually in 2021. So I thought, well, it's time to do a podcast episode on that topic. So here we are. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you about the Executive Impressions newsletter. So this is a weekly newsletter I send out. And when you sign up to the newsletter, you can download for free the Leadership Evaluation Toolkit. So this is a 35-question self-assessment on leadership to see where you stand as a leader. And I've had a lot of positive responses from people who have downloaded this leadership evaluation toolkit. So it is available on my website for free if you wish to download it. So simply head over to executive-impressions.com. On my website, you'll find a number of sign-up forms. There's one on the homepage. There is one on the blog page. Uh, So it's really easy to find. There's a number of them all around there. So just find one of the forms and sign up to the weekly newsletter, which means you get additional content from me every week and get the Leadership Evaluation Toolkit. And I'm sure it will help you out. So we all know what happened in 2020. I don't think I need to go over the events of what happened last year, but we are basically in the new normal. For the world of work, it's the new normal. Virtual connections are going to be the new normal to some extent from now on. And people have responded to this new way of work differently. So some people have welcomed it with open arms because, well, they know they don't have a choice, but they see it as an opportunity for growth, a learning opportunity. And they also see it as a a positive, a way of reinforcing collaboration with their team and also communication with their team. Other people, though, have resisted it. They don't like it. They don't want to do it. And they want it to end as quickly as possible so everything can just go back to the way it was before. And those people, no matter how many resources are out there to learn from, Most of those people in that group, they don't want to become good at leading virtually or working virtually at all. You know, why should they? It might not last anyway. And they may not be wrong. But anyway, we this is the world we're in right now. And my opinion on this is that it's going to last 
a while and to some extent our work life has changed. So we're always going to be dealing with virtual work, virtual meetings. Some people have really enjoyed this. They have enjoyed working from home. They've enjoyed the flexibility that it's given them and they want to continue that style of of working and that routine that they've developed from now on. Now, when you are forced into a new way of doing things, I get it, especially a new way of doing things that you didn't choose, your natural reaction is to resist that. And I completely understand that. I am kind of stubborn myself. I don't really like being forced to do things that I don't want to do. But I do know when it's a fight worth fighting. And my opinion on the whole issue of working from home and virtual work is that, like I said, it's going to be a part of our lives in some way from now on. So we need to get used to it. We need to learn how to be good at it and how to lead in this new world of work. And I encourage you to focus on the positives of all of this, you know, see it as an opportunity to learn new skills, to learn a new way of communicating with your team and a new way of interacting with other people. See it as an opportunity for growth, because if you resist it, it's going to be much harder to accept it and to integrate, you know, all of this into your new work life. Now, this episode is all focused on helping you become better at leading virtually. It's aimed to help you embrace it and not resist it. And I'm going to share seven tips on how to lead virtually in 2021 and, you know, in the future. These tips will be both on your mindset because that's a really important area that we need to to look at to help you get used to the new world of work and see it as a positive. So some tips will be based on your mindset. Others will be more practical tips that you can use to become better at leading virtually. So tip number one is look at it as a learning opportunity. I've already mentioned a little bit about this to some extent, but it's an important topic to expand on. So when crisis strikes, as it did in 2020, we are put in survival mode. We have to survive the next minute, the next hour, the next day, the next week. And our thought process doesn't go much further than this short-term period, which forces us into thinking short-term only. Now, this is really helpful for us to deal with and to survive the threat that we're facing. But what it does is it prevents us from seeing long-term. We can't see the long-term benefits of what we're going through and how the skills we are developing and how the strength we're developing can help us in the future. And that's what I want you to focus on as you are listening to this episode right now, whatever you're doing, whether you're running, whether you're driving, whether you are sitting in your office at home, cooking, whatever it is, I want you to think about these things I'm going to talk about right now. Think about what new behavior you have learned throughout this time. What is the new behavior you have learned by being forced to work from home, forced to work virtually? What new skills have you learned that you didn't have before? And what challenges did you face initially that you resisted, but eventually you learned how to manage it? Now, what are these things? Now, when you put some thought into this, and I'm sure you're going to come up with a number of new skills, a number of new behaviors that you have learned during this time. It really helps you recognize 
the, the skills that you've developed. It re- helps you recognize how you have grown as a person, as a professional throughout this time. And it will also help you position yourself and your team as well for the future of work. So think about this in relation to yourself and also your team. What are the skills you have learned throughout this time, the new behaviors you've developed throughout this time, but also your team? What has your team learned? What, has, what skills have your team developed throughout this time? Tip number two is to adapt your communication. So when you are interacting virtually with anyone, clear communication is a lot more difficult to get. You can't read body language as well. You can't read facial expressions as well. Uh, And even the tone of voice for the other person is limited, especially if you are interacting via text messaging or emails or things like that. So you end up relying a lot more on the verbal communication when you are working and interacting virtually with other people. So the words that other people use, not their body language, not their facial expressions, not all of the non-verbals that we rely on, we would normally rely on a lot. And this is kind of the opposite to what I usually teach people about communication. I teach people about the importance of body language, the importance of their nonverbal communication, because it does count for a lot of your overall message. Uh, Some studies have found that your body language or your nonverbals counts for 55% of the total message you are sending to the other person. But when you're communicating virtually via video call, email, message or phone, you have to be more direct with your message. You don't have, you cannot rely on the nonverbals like you normally would. So what's counting here is the words that you use. So you have to be a lot more direct with your message to make sure that the words that you use come across in a clear and a succinct way. And the tips here I want you to take away with are keep your message simple, keep your message short, keep your message direct as well. If you stick to these three fundamentals, your communication virtually will come across a lot clearer and it will be much easier for the other person to understand. And this will help you with your Zoom calls. It will help you with your Skype calls, your emails, your text message, however you are communicating with your team right now. The third tip is to check in regularly with your team. Since last year, everybody's life has been changed Uh, We have been working from home. Many people have been juggling working from home with their spouse, with their partner, and also with their children around because many children are being homeschooled right now. And as a parent or as a professional, you have to also help your children get used to all of these changes. On top of that, you have a lack of contact with your family and friends, which you would normally need for emotional and emotional support and morale and things like that. Then we have the gyms that have been closed. So a lot of people cannot exercise the way they normally would, which means they don't have as many opportunities to de-stress as they would in their normal life. So there is so much uncertainty going on in the world around us right now. And everybody's life has been changed. Our routines have been changed significantly. Some people are dealing with this better. Some people are not dealing with this very well at all. You as a leader, you need to check in with your team and see how they are going. This is part of your job now. 
Uh, and I'm not talking about in group calls or group meetings, you know, when you have your, your regular Zoom calls. I mean individual conversations. I want you to have individual conversations with every member of your team, check in with them and see how they're going dealing with all of this stuff that they have to deal with right now. And for that type of conversation, you can start it off by using a very open question and say something like, tell me how things are going with you right now and give the other person liberty to answer however they want. Based on what they say to you in their answer, then you can ask more pinpointed questions like, how are you going juggling working and homeschooling? And that gives them a chance to really elaborate on that particular issue. And the final question, which is very, very helpful for you as a leader and something you should definitely ask is, is there anything I can do to help you manage things better? So this really opens up the conversation if they have any suggestions on how they would like to see their work routine changed. Maybe they want to change meeting times so it's more suitable for what they have to deal with at home. Maybe they want to make the meetings shorter, which I will talk about in the next step. But questions like this will help your team to open up and reveal to you what is going on in their life. And it's really important you, for you as a leader to know about this stuff because it does impact your employees' morale, it impacts their motivation, it impacts their work, which in turn impacts you as a leader. So you need to know about these things. And in addition to that, questions like this will let the team member know that you care, that they are valued. And, you know, often simply by asking these kinds of questions, it counts a lot for employee motivation and employee morale as well, which is really important to keep on top of at this time. Tip number four is make meetings shorter. So this is to help work in with our short attention spans. It's really hard to keep focused in a virtual meeting for long periods of time. I think you know, it's hard for people to stay focused in in-person meetings for long periods of time as well. But for virtual meetings, it is much harder. There's a lot of distraction, potential distraction going on, especially if you have your kids at home or even your pets at home. So to help people stay focused on the issues being talked about during the meeting and to make sure they are not distracted, it's best to keep your meetings short. And when I say short, I mean one hour maximum. 30 minutes also works really well. After one hour, it's generally harder for people to stay focused and it's harder for them to deal with any potential interruptions of from other people who could be home at that time. If you are going to have a longer meeting, if you need to have a longer meeting, then think about incorporating breakout sessions or some type of break for people to recharge, uh, get a drink, have a coffee, whatever, have something to eat, you know, recharge and then come back to the meeting a little while later. Another point here I want to talk about is to make sure that everybody has a chance to talk during the virtual meeting. If you have people on your team who are more introverted, who are a little bit shy, they may be tempted to not talk during the meeting. They may try to hide during the meeting. Uh, they may also be scared of talking on camera. Not everybody is comfortable on video. Not everybody is comfortable on camera. It could be the first time they're doing a Skype call or a Zoom call as well. So keep this in mind. But please encourage everybody in your team to say something. 
This will help them to feel valued and it will help to build the team spirit, which again is really important at this time since you cannot have that in-person contact and that in-person connection. Tip number five is use an authentic background. So I've seen a lot of people change their background, mostly for Zoom calls. And in my opinion, this isn't good for two reasons. First reason is it kind of looks tacky. You know, green screen removal, it's a really complicated process and for it to be done well, the function that you get in those video conferencing platforms, it isn't very accurate. It's done in kind of a raw, quick fashion and it doesn't really produce good results. It doesn't look good on camera. So that's the first reason it kind of looks tacky. The second reason is it isn't authentic. Everybody knows that it's a fake background. Everybody knows it's not your real living room. It's not your real home office. People use it because they probably don't want to show off their real home. They probably don't want to take the time to find a space to record the video call or to clean up their home to make sure it looks professional. But to the viewer, when you're using a fake background, it feels like you're hiding something. It feels like you're hiding a part of yourself. And in an age where there is a lot more pressure on leaders to be authentic, it's important that this is reflected in your video calls. And you cannot reflect this if you're using a fake background. So what I recommend you to do is use a natural background, tidy up your living room, tidy up your your office, whatever room you're going to use for your video calls, even if it means you have to move a desk or a table into a corner or against a wall so that's all people can see. Walk around the house and think creatively about what would be a good background for your video call. And I'm sure you can find at least one or two places that you can use to have a decent background for your video call that doesn't reveal too much of your home because I understand you may not want your coworkers to see your whole home or your kids running around. But, you know, even if it's against a wall, even if it's against a painting or a pot plant or something like that, it can help you create a background that does look a lot more professional than the fake backgrounds you get on those video conferencing softwares. Tip number six is learn the technology. A lot of people resist working virtually because they're daunted by the technology. It's basically the unknown of how it works and how you can have control over it. I am like this as well with technology so I can relate but rather than stay intimidated rather than refusing to learn how to use the technology so I feel more in control over it I I learn about it I spend the time I dedicate the time to learn how it works so I know how it works and I feel a lot more in control over it you know 12 months ago I did not know how to edit a podcast episode in fact 12 months ago I did not even have a podcast 12 months ago as well, I was familiar with video editing. I had some practice with it through my video courses, which I have edited. But since I started my YouTube channel last year, I learned a lot about video editing and also about the software that I use for video editing. So I now feel a lot more in control of this whole process. The key here is to tackle the program to tackle the software head on. Don't be scared of it. And how you can learn how to use the software 
YouTube videos are fantastic for this. This is my biggest tip for you. If you want to learn any new skill, any piece of technology, there are a ton of YouTube videos from professionals, from pros in that area who are using that software and they will teach you how to use it. So YouTube is a great place to learn. Podcasts as well. There are many podcasts out there who will teach you things like this. And then there's the traditional method of books. You cannot go wrong with books. So whether it's Zoom, whether it's Skype or Slack or something else, there are resources out there for you to learn about it. And most of them are for free. Okay, so tackle the software, tackle the technology head on, get out there, go onto YouTube and find some tutorials so you can learn about it, how to use it and feel more control over it. Number seven is take care of yourself. So I saved the most important point until the last. I have talked about how it's important to be on top of how your team are going through this time, how they're juggling work from home, how they're juggling homeschooling, uh, lack of contact with family and friends and all of that. But so are you. You are dealing with all of this as well. And you're human at the end of the day. You have your own struggles. You're dealing with all of these same things that we talked about that your team is dealing with. But on top of that, you have to lead which makes it so much harder. There's a lot more pressure on you. You have to show the strength to your team. You have to show direction. You have to show certainty to your team. Or at least, you know, that's the kind of pressure you are probably putting on yourself anyway during this time. So I want you to think about what you need. Take care of yourself. What do you need to keep functioning Is there a better way for you to organize your day, for you to organize your routine so things just work better for you? And it's okay to ask for help as well during this time. I know a lot of people are reluctant to ask for help, whether it's from their family or their co-workers or even their children, but it's okay to ask for help during this time. You know, this is the time to do it. Everybody's going through such a difficult time. And for you leading a team, you have extra pressure on yourself. If you need to ask for help, do it. If you feel like you're not coping with things in some way, it's okay to ask your family, for example, to, you know, take care of things for 30 minutes while you get out of the house and go for a run, go for a walk, exercise, you know, do something like that just to get your mental state back in normal function. You need to be really on top of your condition. You need to be in top condition to lead your team. You have to be in top condition physically, mentally, and also emotionally. These three things really need to be in balance. Without this balance, it is very easy to become overwhelmed with things, to become very stressed about things. And when you get to that point, It's very easy for things to just start crumbling down and not working. So you need to keep yourself in check, just like you do with your team, you know, check in with them, see how they're going. You need to check in with yourself as well. And if anything, you know, this strange period is going to help you become more self-aware as a leader. And as you no doubt know, self-awareness is one of the key skills, especially around emotional intelligence, that leaders should have now and for the future of work. So 
Keep in mind that this period we are going through right now will help you become more self-aware, you know, because we're dealing with the struggles, we're dealing with the stress. Well, I hope these tips were helpful for you to prepare yourself and lead virtually in 2021 and beyond. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode and every other episode you may have listened to. I will be doing a YouTube video on this topic, so don't forget to check out my channel. It's my name, Kara Ronan, so find it on YouTube search and subscribe to my channel as well so you can get notifications every week when I release new videos. Now, as always, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you again next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Leadership Pod. Thank you so much for listening. If you did find some useful tips in this episode, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel where you'll find videos to help you advance as an emerging leader. And I would love to hear from you via social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. The links are on my website. Take care and thanks again for listening.